Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. This week, well, we still don't have the Speaker of the House. Might as well replay last week's episode. But given the breaking news out of Georgia uh, that City Powell just pled guilty in Fulton County, I think we might want to go replay what we said about <laughs> about this happening from an, a previous couple of previous episodes. What the polls are once again getting wrong this week and Election Day 2024 is barely a year away, folks. Alex, where should we get started? I feel like every week when we decide to record, there is always some kind of serious breaking news. If you go back and look at our past episodes, like literally while we're doing this, we'll see something. And actually, you brought this one up. Or or right after we do it. <laughs> yeah, better, better, better while we're recording. So, so right. for the listeners, you're all getting this pretty much in real time. Like Joe told me about this as we were starting the show about five minutes ago. Uh, Joe, like you said in the intro, Sidney Powell just pled guilty in Fulton County. Uh, for those of you who may not be tracking the total web of lawyers and people around Donald Trump. Uh, she was a pretty key figure, uh, one of the attorneys in the in 2020 who was really pushing the fake elector scheme. Uh, obviously, Fulton County went after her hard. Uh, Joe, what does this all mean? Well, I think a couple of significant things. Uh, one, she she got 12 months of probation, folks, of her testimony, uh, you know, uh, truthful testimony related to the other 18 uh, co-defendants in the case. This is something that I brought this up uh, in previous episodes when this first came out, that I thought this case would really move, uh, could move much faster than the rest uh, because of the number of, you know, the the co-conspirators and the number of unindicted uh, co-conspirators uh, you, you know, the defendants, uh, that several of them would plead guilty, I think, you know, I, I, I thought. And, uh, but I must admit, I wasn't sure that Sidney Powell would be one of them. This has just got to be a real, a real blow to the Trump uh, attorneys in, in his case, because she, she got 12 months of probation, which, which tells me you got to believe that those prosecutors think they got some really good stuff um, to give, uh, you know, to give on the six counts that she was charged on, that she gets six months of probation. And that's it. Pretty amazing. This is going to be, uh, I, you know, I think we're going to be hearing about this one for, for a while. Uh, so we'll have time to talk about it once we know more of the facts, uh, you know, about what, uh, w- how this came about. And, uh, but it's significant. And I think this trial was supposed to start next week. So, uh, you, you know, that's off, at least her. She won't be standing trial. She's pled guilty. Well, and one of the other one of the other co-defendants, I believe someone, uh, someone, uh, uh, Scott Hall, I think is his name, has already also taken a plea. He was. Yeah, he, he was. This is going to keep happening. Yeah, I think it uh, will be really interesting to see whether Cheeseboro. What he does now, because he was supposed to be standing trial with her. Right. And he wrote the damn thing. By that, I mean the, the plan for fake electors. His co-defendant in that trial just pled guilty. So uh, that's going to, yeah. that, that's, this is what I mean about how this thing starts to spiral downward yeah. uh, or upward, excuse me, and eventually gets to dear leader. Yeah. Our friend Joyce Vance, uh, I think right before, right before the plea deal came out, 
she put up an article on MSNBC that uh, I think the title was uh, The Fulton County Question That Should Keep Trump Up at Night. Well, I think it's even more relevant. It was basically, is Sydney going to take a plea deal? The answer is yes. Yes, she is. And uh, I think that question is probably even more relevant now. But but I think that's true. But I, like I said, you know, it'd be one thing if uh, she had pled guilty and got like five years, right? I mean, whatever, two years. What I'm trying to say is jail time. That would have told me uh, something about the level of cooperation, the level of information she was providing in exchange for the plea deal. Given that on all six counts, what the agreement was, was 12 months of probation. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I haven't, you know, I, I don't pretend to be one. But as a, a you know, lay person, um, it just says to me, you know, wow, they they must have, and it sh- I think it should say to the lawyers, uh, of the co-defendants that, you know, make them really wonder about what she offered the, the, the prosecution in relation to the other defendants, what kind of information she offered that got her 12 months of probation. I'm not happy with the 12 months of probation. I think plenty of us think, you know, that, that she irresponsibly, you know, lied and, and created a lot of the havoc that happened on January 6th. Um, a lot of that belief that, you know, that the election had been stolen and we had to take our country back and they had evidence and all that stuff that turned out not to be true. She evidently also uh, uh, has uh, uh, written a letter of apology uh, to the state of Georgia, which I'll be really interested in, in reading. I'm sure it's, uh, you know, syrupy. and uh, I had to do that when I was a kid and I was like, not to the state of Georgia, just so we're clear to my mom. Like we'll talk more when we know more, but uh, this is just breaking as we start this show. So, uh, in fact, you may know more <laughs> before you hear this. That trippy show will always be free with support from our advertisers, and we try to work with partners we believe in. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you keep what's stressing you bottled up, it can really start to drag you down. That's where therapy can help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com trippy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash trippy. Uh, but uh, we wanted to touch on it. Also breaking, Jim Jordan's speaker bid. Nailed that one. Let's get there next. So you're right in that not a ton we can really talk about because we still don't have a speaker of the house. Not a huge surprise. Uh, we could just replay last week's segment, but it, Joe, are you surprised at all about anything that's happened in the last week? No, I, I, we, we talked about this. Uh, you know, He lost the first one by 20... Uh, votes, I think he lost the second round by 22. Um, you know, some switched to him, some three or four switched away from him. But you know, he can only—you <laughs> don't have to be a rocket scientist. Uh, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi could count votes in her caucus. Uh, evidently, Hakeem Jeffries can too, uh, and Jim Jordan cannot um, because yet he can only spare four. Uh, actually three, uh, you know, and 20 and going to 22, it ain't going to get any better. 
and so, you know, in this whole strategy of trying to mobilize grassroots pressure to whip up support, you know, well, hey, death threats. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Republicans voting against him now are reporting that they're getting death threats because he's mobilized the grassroots pressure, you know, that is his and Trump's way of, uh, of, uh, of you know, of holding the, the party hostage. Uh, and it, it's, it, you know, by the way, everybody goes, oh, gosh, it's not working. Yeah, it's worked. It worked with 200. <laughs> it worked with 200 of them, 199 of them. Uh, you know, the fact that, that it, only 20 or 22 are pissed off enough uh, about the death threats and the arm twisting and the just sheer crazy chaos that this has all created, that Matt Gates and them have created. You know, it's only 20, maybe 22. Uh, we'll see if it grows like, you know, to 26. What we do know is the cancer of 139 following uh, uh, Jim Jordan uh, to vote against certifying the election and overturning uh, uh, the uh, Joe Biden's, uh, you know, the results that would that made Joe Biden president of the United States. 139 of them followed him to do that. He's, you know, I wondered how how far would that cancer go? It's up to 200, 299. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and now that may erode a little bit because they're not willing to follow him off a, 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 a you know, a, 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 the loser cliff because he's now the loser. You know, so he'll get get he'll lose some of those votes. Um, but once again, you know, like they're blaming the Democrats. Like every look, every Democrat is ready to vote for Jeffries for speaker. And they're not coming up the works. Give a, look, the first person they put up, you know, it was Gates and these guys saying, no, we're going to take out McCarthy because he lied to us. Well, he lied to the Democrats. He lied to everybody. So why would anybody try to save him? If you, you, you couldn't count on anything that the man told you on any agreement, on any of the big issues of the day that we would have been voted on. So they're, okay, give us somebody better. Well, they, somebody better was Scalise, a guy who said, I'm David Duke without the, without the baggage, which I'm not quite sure what that means. <laughs> David Duke, you know, that is the baggage. But anyway, but so they're not going to, no Democrat's going to vote for a guy who says he's David Duke and goes to white supremacist rallies. And then you go, okay, so give us something better. Something better? Jim Jordan, the guy who leads 139 other members of the GOP House to vote against certifying the election results of the American people. Well, who's going to do that? No, this got nothing to do with what Demo Democrats are, are voting for Jeffries because of all the alternatives that these guys have put up. Not even, not even the Republicans can agree on which of these three lousy alternatives um, that, you know, that, that they want to go for. And then they're asking for, Demo you know, blaming it all on Democrats. Um, but not to belabor this point again, you know, Matt Gates did this, or really the MAGAs did this. When they got McCarthy to agree to let one person oust him, one person call the vote to vacate. And then he did. And they did. And so, you know, it's really... Uh, kind of, what's really kind of crazy is that 12 of the 18 Republicans in districts Biden won voted for Jim Jordan. Let that sink in. Twice. 12 Both of times. the 18 Republicans, yeah, voted twice to do it. 
And, you know, and, and President Biden gets asked about Jordan's predicament. He kind of pulled a Betterman and said, like, I ate for it <laughs> very sarcastically. <laughs> you know, so I, I mean, the real question, and I, I know you're going to uh, ask it, Alex, is where do we go from here? And I don't have a clue because uh, I don't see how, I mean, evidently Jordan's now talking about going for, you know, going, he must be a masochist, going for third, the third round of embarrassment. Um, because by all accounts, and again, I'm not a vote counter of the Republican uh, caucus, but by the counts of people who do, they say it's only going to get worse for them. Well, the question is, you know, do they do some kind of deal? It seems like there's a little bit of momentum around Patrick McHenry from South Carolina, who actually, I, I did go back and look at this kind of surprisingly. He did vote to certify Joe Biden, so he's at least got that going for him. But some kind of pro tem deal to get through the end of the year. Um, that said, every time we've floated an option on this show, it's gone down in flames, so we may be manifesting here. Um, but yeah, he he's certainly not in good shape, Jim Jordan. I wouldn't count on that happening. I think, uh, I mean, part of Jordan's uh, narrative on that is that, you know, the Republicans, anybody who votes for that is voting for a coalition government with the Democrats, which on its face should tell everybody about what's where the Republican Party is and where it's going. That's the whole idea for 250 <laughs> years. It's been a coalition government between Republicans and Democrats. Yes, we debate issues, we fight, but basically we're, you know, we come together, we make sure the government runs, we take care of emergencies, we, you know, we work together. It's not, you know, my side gets everything. And if you don't want my side to get anything, we'll, we'll deny that you won the election. You know, I mean, it's just, this is how far they've gone, that now his, his big attack on a Speaker McHenry uh, by the way, which would have to happen with a majority of Republicans voting, <laughs> right. voting for uh, Speaker Pro Tem McHenry uh, getting uh, these additional powers to actually hold votes and things. Uh, but no, we can't do that because it would mean we'd have a coalition government working with Democrats. Um, yeah, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, and they have the votes. They have the majority um, they can, uh, he's saying basically me or a coalition centrist group of people in the house that gets things done. Well, I think the American people would prefer to get things done, but of course, Jim Jordan, who's never passed a bill or even, I think even introduced one the entire time he's been in the house of representatives. Nope. Oh, for 16 years, which by the way, I think we, we, uh, we, we want to race actually a couple races with that kind of language. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know, here's a guy who knows nothing about governing is not interested in it. Um, which by the way, the same thing with most, uh, uh the MAGA. Uh, so they probably revere him. <laughs> they're, they're like all, you know, you know, getting giggly about the fact that he's been there for 17 years, 16 years, whatever, and hasn't passed a single bill. That's great. No government. Uh, let's tear it down. Um, anyway, so he's, he, he you know, he, he probably, uh, that gets him more respect, uh, evidently, but uh, uh, we'll see what happens. I really don't think 
in the end, I would not bank on on a speaker pro tem uh, with enhanced powers. Uh, uh, but then again, you, okay, so then who is who is speaker? How do they solve that in their caucus? And uh, there's just it, it's just incredibly tough to see. I mean, one of the things I think uh, it was Jonathan. Martin in Politico said, there's no longer a cohesive Republican Party. There's a pre-Trump GOP and a post-Trump GOP living together uneasily. They may be roommates, but they are not married. I think it's great. So how do you, how do those two, you know, uh, th th those two groups somehow um, without, I mean, they're right now, they're like literally in you know, not on the verge of divorce, but it's it's pretty ugly. Uh, and the problem is we're all hearing the screaming on the other side of the wall. You know, I mean, it's it's happening pretty much out there in public now. And I think it's going to get worse, but I don't understand how they hold it together or who would be a potential person that could. I mean, one of the ideas uh, that, you know, I talked about with a former senator uh, was why why wouldn't they pick a former U.S. senator who had been a member of the House? I mean, a Republican senator who had been a member of the House, come through leadership in the House, you know, basically say, he's going to be our speaker. We all vote for him. And now let's go have, you know, have it out on the floor on critical issues. And then in the same sentence, I said, that, you know, the problem with that is we're thinking like rational, sane people who are not, who can't get in the heads of the cult members that would think that idea was crazy. Um, so I, I have no idea. I don't think it's, fat, it, I don't think there's a way for us to know um, or, or to even envision how they get out of this. But, you know, the other thing was that they did this, the crazy, crazy thing about Matt Gates and these guys, it totally gets to their whole inability to govern. They did this. They threw McCarthy out with no plan now. And it's clear they had no plan. They had it. There, there wasn't. I could see you throw them out. But, you know, you know, Frank is going to be the speaker. We've got the votes. We're going to do this. We know who our candidate is. There was no there had no clue. There was no plan. It was just kill him. Kill him now. Blood everywhere. We'll figure it out. We'll figure the rest out after the fact. And now we're seeing the mess that they created and are somehow trying to blame on Democrats. Right. It's insane. Well, the whole thing was insane from the get go. I think a good summation is uh, what I think Ann Carney wrote this in the Times uh, on Wednesday. The political climate isn't substantially different from last year when Republicans failed to achieve the expected sweeping victories, no red wave, and won the House majority by just four seats. One of the only things that has shifted since then is the demonstrable failure of House Republicans to govern. I think that about sums it up. Yeah. Joe, let's take a quick break and then come back and talk about a few polls. All right, Joe, we, we do have to get to a couple of the polls today. Uh, one, Democrats Why? pretty excited. Well, I think you've got a couple important points to make because, one, we're all excited about one of them, and the other, not so great news for Democrats. What are you seeing here? They're all ridiculous. Why? It's this is again the crack cocaine of American politics now is the is polling. And I you know, I said I said this before. 
I was, uh, you, you, if you do tracking polls in a Senate race or governor's race or presidential race, you get addicted to them. And when you turn them off, literally the day after the election, you're still trying to like go get your fix. Um, now the whole country, I mean, I'm talking about the punditry, the activists, the, obviously the, the, the journalists, uh, I mean, the number of these things coming out day after day after day, it is like a daily tracking poll. And this far out, none of it, not even, look, I, I know you want to talk about the Maris poll. So why don't we go through that? I mean, you know, Biden is, is, win, is winning 49 to 46. Forget about the head to head. Uh, Reagan was defeating Mondale by one point right now, uh, 47 to 46. Obama was behind Romney right now. Oh, no, but let's look at under the hood. Well, looking under the hood at, at head-to-heads between groups, so yeah, suburban men, by uh, Trump's up 50-45 over Biden, but suburban women, women, wow, Joe, Biden's up 58-37 over Trump. Those are still head-to-heads. Those, that's not underneath the hood. Underneath the hood is is looking at um, you, you, you know things like uh, uh, what's the divide on on Dobbs, because that's going to tell you more about where those undecideds and where are the undecideds on stuff like that. You know, you can sort of read into it, oh, suburban women, that that's that's all Dobbs. But I wouldn't take any of these numbers at all. You know, that same poll uh, tested RFK Jr. Uh, saying that it helps, you know, basically uh, assuming that it helps Biden uh, with Biden going from from uh, 49 to 44, but Trump falling from 46 to 37, with Kennedy getting 16. What all that says to me is one, that these third parties are going to be spoilers, uh, whether it's Kennedy, no labels, uh, Cornell West, that it, it, that's all that proves, uh, it, which we all know. And if you think for a nanosecond, I mean, we don't know how RFK Jr. is going to spend the millions of dollars he's getting from, uh, you know, uh, literally half of the super PAC's money is coming from Trump supporters. If RFK Jr. is running ads saying, don't get vaccinated, vote for me. Okay, yeah, I could see how that 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 might uh, uh, manifest itself in the way this poll says. But if he's out there saying Biden's too old, uh, we need uh, somebody who's going to do something about climate change because Biden hasn't done enough, then the impact on that poll is going to be completely different 14 months or 12 months from now, excuse me. So, I, you know, I, I just think all this is like just stupid. I mean, it's just dumb and the people get tied up in knots about it are just not, you know, all fixated on the wrong things. History and poll after poll right around now, and you can go back and look at any incumbent right around now. And I'm talking about from Reagan on, uh, and we can go back further than that, even to LBJ. But let's go more recent from Reagan on up through Obama. They're all underwater or tied right now. They all, uh, last time I checked, there was no President Romney. There was, unfortunately, because I was with him, there was no President Mondale. 
despite Mondale being one point down right now, or Romney being, I think, four points ahead. Very few good polls for Biden get get breaking news coverage, okay? (laughs) You know, any bad poll on Biden gets covered like there's no tomorrow. But if you have a good poll, and by the way, it doesn't matter if they're good or not so good. They don't matter, period, right now. So um, there's another one you wanted to talk about, I think. Yeah, well, that that other one was just the Politico warning consult poll that, that has Trump up, I think, in six of the seven swing states that has Democrats freaking out a little bit. Um, but I think you, you made your point there. But overall, what what do these show? I mean, I think that, the, you know, what what they're all showing is what we, we all should know. Uh, and I think Cornell Belcher made this point. A great point about the the Maris poll, and I think it applies to to this one as well. In 2016, Trump got 46 percent of the vote. In 2020, he got 46.7 percent of the vote. Now, this is something that you should that again don't look at head to heads. Just look at where Trump is. So we know 46 46.7 is like his high watermark. Well, the Marist poll has him at 46. The Politico uh, morning consult poll has him at 47. Um, And so Belcher's point is, look, none of the gap, you know, whether Biden's ahead or behind really matters. What matters right now is that we all know Trump is going to get 47%. I mean, that's literally what's going to happen here, folks. He is got a ceiling of around 46, 47%. And that does not appear to change anywhere. And so the real question is, Biden got 51% of the vote. We know he can get there. And that's sort of what's going on right now, because anything that undermines Biden's ability to garner that majority is how we get a 2016 all over again. That's the point Belcher was making. And so you know, reality is we know Trump's going to get 47. We know that's sort of his ceiling, 46, 47. We know Biden has gotten to 51 before. Whether a poll has him behind, you know, 47, 45, or up 49, 46, the number that seems to be the same across the board is Trump being stuck. The question is, and we know the undecideds who don't like either one of them tend to break to Biden. So therefore, this whole thing still gets down to what about these third parties? What about no labels? What about any of that uh, is more important, I think, than reading the day-to-day numbers in these polls. The other number, and I think Victor Shee pointed this out on Resolute, that is much more important than any poll, uh, 25. This year so far, in 31 special elections this year, Democrats have overperformed in 25 of them. So when people actually go and cast their ballots, Democrats are doing much, much better. I think it's like 11 points better than expectation, yeah. which very much mirrors 2022. No red wave, which I've said twice this episode. But that, that is the clearest sign that this thing is not just, just baked for Trump right now. Uh, no, it's not. And I think in the end, it's look, I think what that tells you, the 25 uh, special elections that Democrats have outperformed is more what we said, what we've been saying all along. It's a rejection of MAGA. In other words, what's going on here is it's not this isn't 
even Trump versus Biden stuff. This is in these specials. It's they don't want the case, the crazy chaos clown car show. And, and that's still a big motivator in making the final decision. That's why in, and we said this all through the 2022 that, you know, election that there wasn't going to be a red wave because of that contrast and the basic way, you know, the trend line was going in a lot of elections that happened earlier that year that we saw. I think the same thing is happening. now. I think Victor's completely right, but this, you know, it's not just blue states. It's places like, you know, the Wisconsin Supreme Court, the New Hampshire House. And, and I think in the, in the end, it will be the same that, you know, we, we're seeing what they're doing with Jim Jordan. We're seeing the chaos. I mean, the, their ability, again, to not govern, uh, to create chaos at, at a time when we're when both Israel, Ukraine, the national our nation's budget all are hanging in the balance with no ability to do anything because the Republicans are incapable of governing. People just want to get things done. And I, you know, we kept saying it. We keep doing the work. They keep doing the crazy. But Biden, look, you know, he's he is doing the work and, you know, going to Israel. I know, uh, uh, you know, that there was a lot of, uh, you know, danger in doing it. But he, he, you know, he did what he needed to do, what he should do uh, for the country and for staking out clear uh, and moral clarity. You know, and the, the interesting thing about it is he did so at a time when, you know, use the quote, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. He, you know, he, he didn't turn around. He went in. Uh, he did what he could do. And I think that contrast of continuing to do the work, continuing to do what needs to be done, you know, can you imagine Trump in that situation? You can't. It would have been a shit show. Uh, and so we'll see. But I did, in the end, I think that's exactly right, that this contrast, the two parties— and mostly a referendum on the MAGA crazies uh, and the cult and, and wanting them to go away. Um, that's why in 31 specials this year, Democrats outperformed in 25 of them, despite, by the way, just as in 2022, these horrible approval rates. You know, oh, my gosh, Biden, his approval rating is too old. Oh, my God, Democrats are dead. No, wrong, wrong. Uh, there's no look at the Republicans. Jim Jordan can't they can't even have a speaker. They're dead. No, you never hear that stuff. But in the end, go look at the results in these in these special elections. And that's what you're seeing. It's the same thing we saw in 2022. So, um, look, there's lots of reasons to get pessimistic about 2024. But in the end, it's that contrast. It's what Cornell Belcher said. We know Trump will has that 46, 47 ceiling. It's our job to unify independent Republicans and Democrats pro-democracy and get him to 51, which he did before, and uh, Biden, I mean, and, um, and, and to knock down any of these third parties that, um, th that become a threat to 
dividing that 51%. I mean, in the end, I don't really care whether you're RFK Jr., you're No Labels, you're Cornell West. We all know there's all kinds of Trump mega centrists out there, right? I mean, they're, they're just waiting for another choice. Not. But the true movable middle, if you will, are predominantly right now in Biden's camp uh, because they don't want Donald Trump to return to the White House because they're sane that way. And so anybody who appeals to those voters and divides the anti-Trump vote is actually helping Donald Trump win the White House. That's why uh, you and I work so hard every day to stop, uh, to get no labels, to stop doing what they're doing. Um, you know, jury's out on RFK Jr. Uh, we'll see, but wait till you see the ads. I doubt they're going to be helpful. And so uh, right now, all of us need to be unified, need to keep doing the work. Let them, again, with this Jim Jordan shit show uh, speakership fight, uh, keep, keep showing that their clown car is actually dangerous to the future of this country. Joe, I think that's a really good place to wrap up for the day. Cool. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, everyone, for listening to That Trippy Show. A reminder that this podcast will always be free with support from our advertisers. We're glad to have them, and we hope you can enjoy some of their products, too. This podcast is part of Resolute Square. Check out the latest at ResoluteSquare.com slash trippy. Please subscribe to That Trippy Show. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You can always send us a question to thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave us a question in a review on iTunes. Thanks and see you next week.